This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm Emily Moshek. Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Hello and welcome. This is the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moshek, as well as our reporters, Katie Otter. And Ren Wadsworth. And we have a very special interview guest, Mitchell Coyle. Hello. Your stage name is Mitchell James. Mitchell right? James, yeah, that's my fake made up name that I rap under. All right, well, it works. Yes, he is a rapper and he will be at the Aggie Theater on April 5th, opening for Mickey Avalon and Dirt Nasty. So thank you for being here yeah, today. Of we really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So to start off, um, clearly you're a rapper, but can you describe your music a little more in depthly to our listeners? And tell us how it's different from all the other up-and-coming rappers that you're hearing about Yeah, lately. for sure. Um, I just, I'm trying to be as versatile as possible. So I'm trying to switch up my style, trying to use different sounds, different beats. Um, so I know that's kind of a cop-out answer. Like, I'm, I don't fall into a genre, like, trying to sound cool. But I'm just constantly trying to push the boundaries and switch it up. So you'll get a little mix of, like, 90s nostalgia. You'll get a little bit of kind of some new wave alternative hip-hop. Um, there's a little bit of mix of everything. So try to keep it mixed up, definitely. So your most popular song, uh, Silver Linings, is, is called Silver Linings. What would, what would you sort of consider that to be about? And can you give us sort of a breakdown of the thought process that went into it? Yeah, for sure. That was the first song that I released kind of um, under this, you know, releasing music as Mitchell James and kind of under this new venture. And the song was basically, basically is just kind of a summarization of my life up until that point and just kind of different struggles, ups and downs, you know, general stuff that you kind of deal with in, you know, young adulthood and adolescence and, and then kind of moving on. And then it's kind of a song about reflection, looking back on it and being like, you know, you know, it's the silver, looking at the silver linings of thing, not to be cliche, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, besides that song, what other songs or albums do you have to tell our listeners about? And if you could pick a few more favorite songs, what would they be? Yeah, for sure. So um, we've released four projects now, five. I think we have six videos. Um, our most recent one is called This Imaginary Life. And uh, we got a song on there called This that we just released a video for that is, we've been doing a lot of things with and pushing in. It's, it's pretty exciting. It's definitely my favorite piece of music that I've released thus far and my favorite video easily. Oh, that's awesome. And you just released it? We just released it just about a week ago. So um, it just, um, we put it together. The song was, I just started, I j when I just got out here, I started recording at Soul Session Studios out of Greeley. And I've been working with those guys. And um, that's the first song that I put out working with them and out of Colorado. So it's pretty exciting. Very cool. Now you said this video was uh, was pretty cool. What makes it so cool. So every every um, video that we did up until this, we kind of had our own equipment, and uh, I just you know just went out and just kind of did it kind of on our own. We got our own stuff, we got our own equipment, recorded it. This one, um, uh, DJ Yeti, who's the owner and operator of Soul Session Studios, I got the chance to for the first time work with another director, and he directed it, and just. Being able to collaborate kind of creatively and with a piece of music like that and doing a shoot kind of in that capacity was very exciting. And it definitely, the results definitely showed. I mean, he definitely had a vision for the song and he pieced it together with simplicity, but it's smooth and it's it's really, it kind of goes and syncs well with the vibe of the song for sure. That's awesome. So how did you get from to where you are now, working with all these great people at the studio, 
to just starting out when you were first writing songs? Yeah, so I've, I mean, I've been rapping, freestyling, writing music, writing songs for, you know, pretty much as long as I could remember. Um, and then recently I was, I was living in Sicily. I was, I was in the Navy. I just got out and I was living in Sicily and just kind of was at a kind of like a stuck place. Like I was about to end one chapter with the Navy. I was kind of moving on and I was kind of did some self-reflection of like, what do I want? What do I want to do? And I kind of just was like, you know what? Stop putting stuff aside. Stop making excuses. Stop putting stuff on the back burner and just go for what you want. And that's, that's music was the biggest thing. So I just dived headfirst into it. And, um, that was, I mean, last October and we've just been going nonstop and, just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. And I mean, the biggest thing that I've taken from this is all you got to do, if you really want something, you just got to do it. The thing is the fear of not doing it, the fear of criticism or whatever keeps people from doing things. The only difference between you and the people who are making and the people who are doing it is they're trying and you're not. It's, it's the only thing. So I realized that I wasn't trying. And so that's kind of just this flipped this switch in me. And I just have been going and kind of riding the wave ever since. Now, who would you sort of consider to be your uh, your biggest musical inspirations? What what sort of things have you looked at to motivate you in in this adventure? Yeah, for sure. I think it's depends on what type of music or what kind of song I'm making. Like, I've grew up on a lot of you know classic boom bap legends like Wu Tang and different people. I'm kind of in that scene, but creatively and I think lyrically, my biggest one of my biggest is Lupe Fiasco. Uh, Lupe is just crazy lyrical and intellectual and he has a message of substance behind his song that you don't not that you're saying that you don't get i mean there's a time and place for you know so-called conscious rap but i think for me personally lupe fiasco is absolutely the biggest inspiration very cool can you describe your songwriting process to us do you have a absolutely. method or is I it do. different every time i do and i've uh, it's something that definitely developed i used to kind of i used to do is i used to write lyrics and kind of write raps and then put them to a beat later I realized the most important thing with a song is if people can nod their head to it, kind of the flow and the cadence. They care about that before they care about what you're saying. So what I do is really, it's kind of, it's funny, I just, I'll play a beat and I'll just kind of freestyle, kind of, un, you know, you really can't understand it, it doesn't make sense, almost like to, you know, to not use that word mumbling a little bit and I'll mumble and try to find the cadence and find the flow and then just kind of, I'll find a hook from that, just kind of say the same thing over and over again, I'll play the song maybe 10 times and then just keep developing it on that. Very, very cool. All right. So congrats on our Aggie Theater show. Hey, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. What can fans expect from it? Or what's it going to be like? Yeah, we've been working on the set list. It's very exciting. Um, there's another Denver act called Night Wolves who's going to also be on it. And they're very cool. Definitely check. Um, they're very awesome. That You can check out their music. Um, uh, this, the set list is kind of like I said, it's versatile. We got our boom back, we got Silver Linings, our boom back tracks. We got another track called Insomniacs that's boom back. We got, and then we kind of got a little bit more of that kind of new wave alternative hip hop, different stylistically. Um, definitely trying to bring energy. It's definitely, I know my position as the opening app before, you know, the main headliner is kind of to bring the excitement, get people pumped up, and we're definitely going to be bringing that on um, April 5th. Oh, yeah. I can absolutely. tell. You're already pumped up here. <laughs> I'm in this excited. Interview. Absolutely. Like, I can tell what's going to Absolutely. Gonna come. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, playing the images in my head of what's going to happen. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so not to put you on the spot. But without swearing on the radio, Ooh. can you freestyle? I can, yeah, I can do it. Let me see if, okay, the swearing part's not going to be hard, but let's see if All I right, can do good. it. All right, good. I know. Very... I was like, it's a little tricky, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'll do it, con like, I'll, I'll do this little acapella. Oh, this is scary. I don't want to curse. Okay. We have a button, so if it's okay, good out, job. Good we'll, job. We'll press the button. <laughs> 
Talking in CSU is the thing I like to do. I like to pick and choose, but not win and lose. I like to do it creatively, but with my mindset. But you can bet and place bets, but no holding. I don't fold. I do what I'm told. I like to sell my soul, but don't play the victim. A new living, new religion, taking what I'm given. I steady back and forth, but you be steady bouncing back. And I be steady rapping, spitting flows, and how you liking that? Woo! Mm, All right. Cool. I love that. it. Yeah. I love it. And if you loved that, listeners, that was Mitchell James, and he will be playing on Friday, April 5th at the Aggie Theater, opening for Mickey Avalon and Dirt Nasty. So if you would like to go to that, that is something to definitely keep in mind. So do you have anything else you'd like to say, Mitchell? Um, Yeah. Uh, following that, we have one more thing. Soul Sessions is putting on a uh, 420 show um, in the Moxie Theater out in Greeley. So Local big upcoming artist Anvil and Devon Tremel are headlining that, so definitely check them out and definitely check that out at the Moxie Theater. Awesome, very cool. Thank you so much for being on today. Absolutely, Ooh. thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, of course, it was a pleasure. We're gonna take a quick break, but don't go too far because we'll have local news and an interview with a wildlife attorney about the gray wolf population coming up next. It's true. Only here on ninety point five KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, I'm J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-hostess with the mostest... Emily Moschak. As well as our very own super-duper special reporters... Katie Otter. And Ren Wattsworth. Now, Katie, if I wanted to know something about what's happening locally, you'd be the person to turn to, right? That is correct. I am Katie Otter with your local news. Around 8.30 this morning, officers from the Larimer County Sheriff's Office, as well as from Larimer County Natural Resources, were sent to do a welfare check at a residence overlooking Horsetooth Reservoir, according to a press release from Larimer County Sheriff's Office. When deputies and rangers arrived to the home, they were able to enter but unable to find the resident. Right after 10 a.m., deputies located a body of a man at the brush in the brush near the house, about 75 feet below them at the bottom of the cliff that the home sits on. A high-angle rescue was conducted by Pooter Fire Authority, but canceled when officers determined that the man had died. Trees and brush needed to be cleared from the area to allow access for authorities to reach the body. Then the body was transferred by boat to a dock where in which the Larimer County's coroner's office took over the remains. The sheriff's office is currently reporting this as an unattended death, and the coroner's office will release the identity of the gentleman as well as manner of death. Larimer County Sheriff's Office is asking anyone with information about this incident to call them at 970-416-1985 or Crime Stoppers at 970-221-6868. On Tuesday evening of this week, Loveland police responded to a shooting at Silver Lake Park that left two victims who were transported to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The suspects fled the scene before police were able to arrive. Last night, Loveland police arrested one suspect, a juvenile, and have one more person of interest who they have not made contact with yet, reports the Coloradan. Police say that there is no ongoing threat to the public and that they believe this incident is to have been be between two people who knew each other or between people who knew each other. The Loveland police are asking anyone who might have information about this to call Detective Chris Kamoski at 970-962-2259. Residents of Fort Collins should be aware of an increasing number of rabid skunks. So far this year, 13 cases of rabies have been reported in Larimer County, which is more cases than the rest of the counties in Colorado combined, 
reports the Coloradan. All 13 cases have been reported in skunks. However, the spokesperson for the Larimer County Health Department says that many cases of rabbit animals go unreported. Veterinarian Stephanie Hoke says that rabies have made a comeback in Fort Collins 12 years ago um, and have been on an upward trend ever since. She also encourages dog, cat, and livestock owners to get their animals vaccinated. There is not a post-exposure treatment for unvaccinated animals who are exposed to rabies. If you are exposed to rabies, treatment should occur within seven days of exposure, and remember to never touch or feed wildlife. Fort Collins City Council has approved the use of electric scooters and bikes, reports Samantha Yee of the Collegian. They have added an amendment which will require users to dismount at all crosswalks, regardless if it is in a dismount zone or not. Colorado law states that e-scooters must ride, be ridden on sidewalks and must always yield to passing pedestrians. It is likely that Colorado State University will also adhere to these rules. The city of Fort Collins and CSU will need to send out a request for proposals to select a single e-scooter vendor. In addition to e-scooters, e-bikes will be allowed in Fort Collins starting on May 1st through April of 2020 on paved recreational paths. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Katie Otter. You know, it really, rabies is not fun. No. Uh, as, as somebody who's had rabies, oh, God. please stay what? away from rabbit animals. They're terrible. They At will... least uh, they're what? skunks. I feel like most people naturally stay away from yeah, skunks exactly. anyway because of the spray thing. Like At least it's not like cute puppies. Yeah, it's, it's the double whammy. Oh it's like you can smell bad and also get rabies, so just don't yeah. play with skunks. Moral was, of the story. I was telling this story to good old Mia, and she said, that stinks. Oh, <laughs> it was quite funny. Good but one. Wait, good. JD, you had rabies? I, I did have rabies. <laughs> I was bit by a rabid bat, and How? it was horrible. It I was know in you've my told house. me this before, but it just like swung at you what? and bit you? Yeah, it was like in my bathroom, and I, I was going to the bathroom, and it was late at night, and I think when I turned on the lights, it frightened the bat, and then I like heard rustling in the shower, so I opened it, and the bat like came at me bit me it was great i had to get a bunch of shots in my butt which was Ew, not fun wow i feel like you're the only person that could ever happen to. i would think so but hey listener if you have had rabies and want to make jd feel a little better about his experience <laughs> please do give us a text at 970-491-5278 we would love to hear your story and hopefully it's not from any of these new skunks right yeah crawling around. Oh, but up next we have an interview with kelly noakes on gray wolves in in Colorado? Um, not just in Colorado, but the whole lower 48 states. President Trump has proposed to remove them from the endangered species list. And Kelly is from the Western Environmental Law Center. She's a wildlife attorney there. And so she's going to be talking a little bit about the impact that will have on the wolf population coming up. Only here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. I'm J.D. Layton, one of two news directors here. I am joined in studio by my co-host, the other news director. Emily Moschak. As well as our reporters. Katie Otter. And Ren Wattsworth. And we have a, a special guest, Kelly Noakes, with the... Western Environmental Law Center. She's a wildlife attorney there. Thank you so much for being here today, Kelly. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. And we have you here to talk about Trump's, President Trump's 
proposal to remove gray wolves from the endangered species list, correct? That's correct. Yeah, on March 15th, the Trump administration announced a proposed rule that would remove gray wolves from the list of endangered and threatened species nationwide. Okay, and to keep our listeners updated on the issue, it's still just a proposal? Like, Has anything happened with it since then? That's correct. No, it's just a proposed rule at this point, and so there's currently a 60-day comment period that's been announced, and so comments are due on May 14th, and from there, the administration will make its final decision whether to move forward or not with the rule. All righty. And so the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services is seeking to end the federal protections for the gray wolf species. Can you just give us more details on the proposal itself and what it would mean for the gray wolf population? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is a hugely significant proposal that could have lasting ramifications nationwide and particularly here in the West. Um, At the outset, it's important to note that wolves remain functionally extinct across 85% of their former range, and they are only just starting to make a comeback in areas like the Pacific Northwest, for example. Um, The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's proposed rule to delist wolves nationwide is is plainly not based in science nor the law, which is illegal um, from our standpoint by all means. And how many species of wolves are there? Um, For example, would the proposal affect other subspecies of wolves, such as the Mexican gray wolf, or is it just that specific gray wolf? Well, importantly, Mexican gray wolves are exempted from this rule because they are a separate subspecies listed under the Endangered Species Act under a special provision called the 10J provision. They were reintroduced into the wild from a captive bred population, and so there's special management rules relating to Mexican wolves in particular. Also, ray wolves, which is also a critically imperiled species of wolves um, that primarily in North Carolina, but Mexican wolves and red wolves are two of our nation's most critically imperiled species, actually, with there's less than 100 animals left of of red wolves in the wild and approximately 115 Mexican wolves in the wild currently. Oh, wow. But so this proposal would be just affecting the gray wolf then, not the red that's well, correct. Okay. That's correct. This proposal will impact, in particular, the there's about 3,700 wolves that are in the Great Lakes region of the country, and so that would be Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And then there's also about 1,600 wolves in the Northern Rockies region, which is in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. And importantly, the Northern Rockies population has actually already been delisted from the Endangered Species Act. So this primarily influences the impacts the Great Lakes region and then also the very small populations that are starting to just now re-inhabit areas of the Pacific Northwest as far as Washington and Oregon and Northern California. So the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service says that the gray wolf population has sort of bounced back much like the bald eagle. Why, Why do you think that it's necessarily wrong for them to remove them from the endangered species list? Well, the national significance of this rule is what's really flawed in the sense that if you look at Colorado, for example, we don't have a functional or official population of wolves left here in the wild. Um, and, you know, there's still hope for recovery throughout the throughout the nation in many areas where wolves used to be and they no longer are. They're, they're functionally extinct from 85% of their former range at this point. And so if you look at at Colorado, for example, you know, wolves have yet to return to a lot of this state's prime wild habitats, and they've been functionally missing for over 70 years almost. Um, and their absence has really caused a, a natural balance of the Colorado's landscape to unravel. Wolves are a keystone predator species, and so what that means is that they play a critical role in balancing our natural ecosystems. Um, for instance, wolves keep 
deer and elk populations in check and that can benefit many other species including important riparian habitats along rivers and streams and wolves actually influence the populations of their prey species so they change the foraging and browsing patterns of animals like elk and deer and they move them about the landscape so that in turn ripples throughout the plant and animal communities that alters the landscape itself um, so wolves are really a vital right, vital species to maintaining the health structure and balance of ecosystems and you believe if the proposal did come through that do you think it would be detrimental to the wolf population or would there still be stuff that the wildlife center is able to do or to help the wolves or where do you see the next steps if this proposal passes well it would be detrimental to where to areas of the country where wolves have yet to be restored so there are there is a, an arguably healthy population in the great lakes region and there's wolves up in the northern rockies but is that good enough um with this rule the the fish and wildlife service is basically saying yes that's it that's all we need to do um which we would argue is is premature um Wolves across the nation would be subjected to state management and hunting regimes um, in places where they've never even been properly restored. And to put that into context, you look at Idaho, where wolves have already been removed from the Endangered Species Act list. And in the first hunting season upon delisting back in 2010, the state allowed 500 wolves to be killed by hunters in the first season. So it's, it's definitely pretty scary to think that we would open up a hunting season in Colorado, for example, where we don't even have a healthy population left. But under this rule, that could be that could be allowed. And farmers and ranchers, one argument we've seen in support of the proposal is that they see the gray wolf as a menace. And people who are having trouble with wolves on their farms would probably be in favor of being able to hunt them. What is the Environmental Law Center's response to this? Well, there's a lot of myths made up about gray wolves. I mean, you think back to Little Red Riding Hood, for example, um, the myth that they're dangerous when in reality wolves are generally really afraid of people and they'll avoid them. And there's only been about two documented cases where a wolf reportedly killed a human being in the, in the last hundred years. And to put that into contrast, context, um, domestic dogs kill an average of 30 people per year. Um, as far as cattle and sheep deaths and livestock deaths, it's definitely something to consider. But in reality, one cow out of every 44,853 is taken by a natural predator such as a wolf. One sheep out of every 7,193. Um, so bad weather, weather is actually known to kill more livestock than na native predators. Um, and there's actually a report that was just put out by the Humane Society of the United States that has these factors and figures in them that I would encourage folks to check out. And one other thing I would say to that point is that there's a lot of coexistence tools that are in existence that we need to start weaving into our social framework as far as ranching and the livestock industry is, is concerned. There's flagry, which is strips of flags that's actually tied onto fences that actually deter wolves when it blows in the wind, they won't go past it. There's range riders that could be deployed. There's guard dogs. There's simple practices such as removing carcasses of livestock that's been killed so it doesn't attract the wolves to come in. Um, there's a lot of non-lethal uh, non tools that are out there that we could deploy to, to resolve some of the conflict to show that we can coexist with wolves. Mm -hmm. okay. So centers like the, uh, the, I'm sorry, it's written down, the Colorado Wolf and Wildlife Center provides sanctuaries for wolves. How could, how would this proposal affect them? Would they sort of be outside the scope of it? 
Well, that would definitely have an impact on the work that they're doing right now. I mean, right now, those wolves that are in that facility, that captive bred facility, are technically an endangered species, and they could be put out into the wild, um, and it, where, where they would be allowed to be put out in the wild. Um, and the those wolves in particular would be the most at risk from this kind of a rule, where if they ever did make it back out into the wild, they would be the first ones that would be at risk of being hunted and shot and killed um, at the first instant, because they would no longer have Endangered Species Act protections under this rule. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for all of that information, Kelly. We really appreciate it. And for our listeners who want to do something about this proposal, um, what can they do or what resources can the Western Environmental Law Center help them with? Yeah, well, they can check out our website at westernlaw.org, or you can also go ahead and submit your own comment. Um, this is a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service proposed rule, and you can find information on regulations.gov, um, and comments are due May 14th, so I encourage everybody to go ahead and speak out and, and earn, voice your concern or your, your support for the rule either way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. We really appreciate you being on the show and spreading information about an issue that will affect all of us, especially here in Colorado. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back after this with some music segments. Only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am your host, J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moshak, as well as our reporters, Katie Otter and Ren Watsworth. You know, there's just, I feel like there's a hole in my life for local music, and, and I and I certainly want to know more about what's going on. I just, I don't know where to go. Who should I turn to? Um, you know, I would I would say KCSU is a good start, right here. Oh, right here. Yeah. Right, right now. Yeah. Oh, I. So that means that we've got a new local segment from our our very own Mia Sawaya. We do. On Ghost Review, it's actually not done Mia Sawaya. Done by Piper it's, Davis. It's done by Piper. So keep that dialogue right here for our very own music segment, only here on 90.5 KCSU for cons. Hello, my name is Piper Davis, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Ghost Review released their first album, Misgivings, last September. Formed in the Rhino Art District of Denver in 2015, the group describes themselves as a folk-washed brand of indie rock. The album's lyrics center around an internal conflict about leaving comfort and routine to start new and escape the weight of feeling trapped. Yet, sometimes starting new and leaving everyone behind is much harder than it seems. The song Disingenuous has a surf music feel, featuring technical guitar fills throughout the song. The lyrics discuss a broken relationship that both acknowledge is better off leaving behind, but they both second-guess themselves. Quote, We tell ourselves it's better now, but no one quite believes. I feel so disingenuous. I'm lying through my teeth. We tell ourselves it's better now. For you, this may be true. Oh God, I hope you're lying too. We tell ourselves it's better now, but no one quite believes. I feel so disingenuous. I'm lying through my teeth. Old Car is an upbeat song featuring a funky, syncopated beat driven by the bass line. The lyrics reflect the longing to leave comfort and create a new life elsewhere. The protagonist is tired of living in a routine and wants to drive away in their old car to escape and start new. Quote, Oh, things are getting pretty rough here, getting darker by the day, 
and we'll drive all night till no one knows our names and everything we've done. Yeah, well, drive all night till no one knows our names and everything we've done wrong and everything we've done wrong. The song, What Do You Know, concludes the album at a slower tempo. The protagonist realizes that escaping is not all that it is cut out to be, and it isn't worth the price of leaving those he loves. Quote, I need to get back to my home as much as I love to roam, because everyone is falling out of line. I need to get back to my home to set the record straight and bring the good to those I love. What do you know? I learned a lot, but I don't know much. Ghost Review's Misgivings creates an energetic album that is fun to listen to and filled with thoughtful lyrics. From the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Piper Davis, and you are listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I need to get back to my home As much as I love to roam Cause everyone is falling out of line I need to get back to my home To set the record straight And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. That was a little local music segment by our very own Piper. And uh, so you know what that means? If you really dug Ghost Train. Ghost Review. Ghost? No, it, it's Ghost Train. Oh. Yeah. All right, never the mind. Fi- the file was named wrong. Never mind. Uh, you can you could listen to them here with your own ears. Alrighty. Only here on ninety point five KCSU. Now, Ren. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know what's going on nationally. Well, good thing I do. I'm Ren Wadsworth, <laughs> and this is your national news only on the Rocky Mountain Review. Leah Myers with News 8 reports that the National Health Service has issued a warning against eating old, uncooked rice. Many families have gotten used to leaving rice on the shelf for years before eating it due to the belief it never spoils or takes a very long time to spoil. However, the National Health Service, which is the United Kingdom's version of the FDA, warns that eating old rice could actually lead to food poisoning in extreme cases. This is largely due to bacteria spores that can live in the rice and and can even survive being cooked. The National Health Service warns that the bacteria multiplies the longer it sits at room temperature. However, to me this sounds a lot like the arguments against eating raw cookie dough, and I'll continue to be eating or continue to be keeping my rice on the shelf for years to come. An Arizona man was found dead in a frozen lake in Montana's Glacier National Park, reports Arizona Central. Rangers started looking for a missing 48-year-old man after a concerned family member reported him missing on Tuesday morning. After the The officials found his vehicle in the parking lot. A dive team was sent and used a remote-operated vehicle to search near and in the lake. The man's body was found underwater and was recovered Tuesday afternoon. His name and hometown have not yet been released. There are reports of one dead and two injured in a helicopter crash in Sam Houston National Forest, reports KWTX. The fatality was that of a U.S. Forest Service firefighter. Officials say that a 2009 A-Star 350 helicopter crashed on Wednesday afternoon in northwest Montgomery County. The crash took place during a controlled burn operation in the Sam Houston National Forest. The two injured individuals were brought to a nearby hospital and were both in stable condition. As of now, no new information or names have been released. 
Deborah Barfield-Berry and Eliza Collins of U.S. Today report on Tuesday the House failed to override President Trump's veto of a congressional resolution aimed at halting his emergency declaration for the southern border. The House voted 248 to 181, falling short of the two-thirds majority required to override a presidential veto. However, the battle continues in the courts where the American Civil Liberties Union and 20 states have openly opposed and are challenging the president's authority to declare a national emergency. California Democratic Attorney General Xavier Becerra said in a statement, President Trump can't take taxpayer dollars to build his wall without Congress's permission, and that the states are ready to fight long and hard to stop his fabricated emergency in his tracks. A couple national facts about this state. March is National Nutrition Month. This week is National Crime Victims' Rights Week. And March 28th, a.k.a. today, is National Weed Appreciation Day, National Black Forest Cake Day, and my personal favorite, National Something on a Stick Day. That's all the national news I have for you today. I'm Ren Wadsworth with the Rocky Mountain Review. Today is a busy day. There's a lot going on. Something on a stick. Is this just anything on a stick? If I were to put waffles on a stick. I heard that like Rams Village, I think it's called, the apartment complex. Oh, I live there. Yeah, I thought they have stuff going on. I heard they had like pancakes on a stick and like oh. apples and hot dogs. I missed it. Which is just a corn dog without Dang it. the clothes. But yeah, uh, I really need know. to get better at reading my emails. <laughs> Good old Rams. It was either Rams or Aggie. So it maybe probably, it Rams Village does they food do. stuff all the time. They so like it's probably to do fun them. little things out there. I always forget about it too. I never went to them. <laughs> yeah, I well, half of the emails are like, remember to pay your rent. And I'm like, ignore. <laughs> I, I don't end up checking the food emails too often. Please tell me you actually pay your rent, though. Oh, yes. I, I live there. I'm not well, evicted. I mean, I'm just I'm saying. <laughs> She's gotten this far. Yeah. God. JD. I, 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 don't, I don't know. <laughs> now, don't go anywhere because we have a bit of a, uh, a roundtable coming on up about Cardi B. She's uh, she released some statements that have put her in relative hot water as of late. And uh, if you guys want to join the discussion, you always can at 970-491-5278. Or you can hit us up at KCSUFM on Twitter. Now, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moshak, as well as our reporters, Katie Otter and Ren Wattsworth. And uh, so I don't know if y'all have heard about this, I, I but I know that uh, Cardi B is in some, some relative hot water. She released some statements saying that she used to drug men and rob them to survive and people are sort of putting this on on a on a platter. It's like, well, why shouldn't she be persecuted or charged for something like this? Because uh, you know it's it's pretty bad. You probably shouldn't drug people and rob them. Uh, there, I've I've definitely seen some people sort of correlate it on a similar level, where it's like, if if we can pursue Bill Cosby, why can't we pursue this? And I'm not trying to to put Bill Cosby in like a good light. Dude was not good. You don't you can't drug and assault people. That's that's terrible. And if for me, I'm like, well, yeah, we, we probably should go after her because this is pretty, you know, that's not an acceptable behavior. Just because you, you like, you made it at this point doesn't mean you're immune to the actions of your past, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. I guess for me, it depends on the context. Um, like, Cardi B is always saying crazy stuff on talk shows. Like, she's just loud. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like not all of her statements are necessarily true. It doesn't mean that they're not and that they shouldn't be looked into. But I feel like she'd be like, yeah, I robbed him. Yeah, Black. Or, oh, yeah. Like, or blown you know. out of proportion because that's kind of the stage persona she's Yeah, on. you know, like yeah. she's a bad, bad B. So I Cardi feel like... Cardi B. Cardi B. I feel like it could be true, but also... A lot of people, not even just Cardi B, but a lot of people in the hip-hop and rap world say a lot of stuff, but a lot of things they did. And if we ended up prosecuting all of them, yeah. we would have no rap music. Yeah. Well, uh, she also, in what I was reading, in her statement, she said that, like, she did do it. Mm-hmm. But, like, A, she was doing it for survival, which, like, is a touchy subject because mm-hmm. while that is for survival like there isn't many options for her at that time but there are other ways you could have made money but also she said that everyone she ever did it to what she was in like a in a partnership with and they were like con like they consciously knew she was doing it which is like right that's kind of hard kind to of believe if someone hard is to believe drugged. and weird yeah <laughs> like maybe it was this kind of like like this kind of foreplay kind of thing that she was doing. I'm not really sure. This sounds like the worst foreplay ever. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I just got robbed and suddenly my wallet's a lot lighter. Well, I don't. I don't <laughs> think the robbing was part of like that whole thing. I think maybe the drugs were, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. I I guess I the... feel like they would have come forward sooner if they had been drugged by her, and then she became famous. You know what I mean? And they weren't like. Has anyone spoken out? People I, have like spoken out and been like, "I survived Cardi," but it wasn't really about huh. the drugging, or yeah, it wasn't really about the drugging. It was more like, "She robbed me," and I'm upset mm. about that because I didn't know about it till now. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Uh, well, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, you really shouldn't do that, and I, and I want to know more before you know you like go and jump the gun and be like guard me to jail let's go we've seen you've been doing some bad things not a fan not a fan but at the same point you you brought up a good uh, a good point emily of of she's a very bombastic person in general Mm -hmm. she's it is cardi b yeah i mean she just kind of says things all the time i mean she was talking about when she and offset broke up she was talking to someone's crap on him and now they're back together and she <laughs> talks about how much she's in love with him like yeah she's just crazy and she says things because she's a celebrity and whenever she says something crazy she gets retweets and attention and money and yeah. whereas i feel like it was different you know like not even that the crimes are the same, but Bill Cosby didn't, like, come on a show and was like, oh, well, I drugged all these chicks. Right. Like, they prosecuted him right. in court, and then he, like, had to come on. Well, to be fair, that did happen to her, too. They had accusations, like, toward, like thrown at her, and then she came forward and said Oh, it. is that why she so, said it? Yeah. Oh, okay. She didn't just, like, come forward and be like, I robbed them. Like, people were like, hey... Some people have been saying, like, you took money from them when you were a stripper. Is that true? And she's like, yeah, I did that. Hmm. Okay. I see. I don't know. It definitely, like, I think she should be yeah, held accountable. I think it should be investigated further because, like, the circumstances are definitely, like, a big play out into that. Because you don't know if, like, they didn't pay her because that's, like, a big, that was her job. Yeah. Like, maybe they were like, oh, I'll give you money if you do this for me, and they just never did, and that was her reasoning, or if she was just like, whatever, I need more money. Yeah. Let me snatch it. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I just could never see this actually being, like, a fully prosecuted. I feel like there's not really a way to right. prove, especially, like, in hotel rooms and stuff. Like, 
it's kind of their word against right. hers. Like, mm-hmm. even if she says she did it, like, she could be like, but not that guy. <laughs> like, I don't see really how yeah. you could prove that right. at that hotel room that night. Cardi B took that money. I don't know. But it definitely sucks. I mean, it's not a good thing to say. Like, she shouldn't be proud of that. Right. Yeah. Definitely bragging about it, which is not a good look. Right. I guess uh, here's, an, here's an interesting, like, thought question. It's like, what if what if the sexes were reversed? What if this mm-hmm. was, like, somebody yeah. else? How, how does that dichotomy necessarily change in that situation? Um, well, I was thinking about that, too. Like, we keep comparing her to Bill Cosby, and I really think there's not that much of a relation because of what happened after the drugging. Right, yeah. It, 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 I'm... The only reason I'm, br- I'm bringing right. that up is because I've seen the people yeah. make the the correlations where they're like, if we can if we can go after Bill Cosby, we should be able to go after Cardi B. But yeah, people are making you memes. know because it, they're 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 looking at it like, oh, she's a, a, a woman, so she's nec- she's like insulated from right. that. Uh, so it's like, well, well, how would how would it necessarily change if she were a man in this case, and 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 he was doing that to women? Oh, a man would definitely get criticized a True, lot more. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Because I think in this sense, when she says it, it kind of comes across as like, you go, girl. Like, you do what you had to survive. Mm-hmm. Especially because the men, I mean, she lured them to her to hotel room with the promise of sex. So they weren't exactly stand-up guys mm. to begin with if they're going down that route, in my opinion. So not saying not saying at all that they deserved it, but I think that's what a lot of people are seeing I think a lot from of people, this perspective. Yeah, I think a lot of people have the assumption, too, that men have more opportunities which is not necessarily true and that like they would have this assumption like oh like she had nothing like she couldn't get any money but like if it was a man in her situation they would have been like oh well he should have just gotten a job like which is like double standards and yeah yeah i agree i think it would definitely be perceived differently if she was a man but i think it shouldn't be i mean it's a bad crime regardless of your gender. Just don't drug people. Just yeah, don't, don't I agree. do that. Period. That it's bad. Be, it is bad. I agree. Not not the way to go. But this is... Bad call, Cardi. Uh, uh, certainly an interesting an interesting conversation, and we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it. You can always call or text at 970-491-5278 or hit us up at Twitter at uh, KCSUFM. Does anybody have any closing remarks? Hmm. I wish I could do that ochre thing. Ochre. Ochre. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just like roll my R's. There you go. Yikes. I know. She did actually, Cardi B did make another statement. If, if the, you'd like to hear it. Yes, yes. I would love to hear that. Okay, it's kind of long, but she posted saying, um, so I'm seeing on social media that a live show I did three years ago has popped back up, a show where I talked about things I had to do in my past, right or wrong, that I felt I needed to do to make a living. It says, never claimed I'm perfect, blah, 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 blah. I'm a part of hip-hop culture where you can talk about where you came from, talk about the wrong things you did to get where you are. There are rappers that glorify murder, violence, drugs, and robbing crimes they feel they had to do to survive. I never glorified the things I brought up in that live show. I never even put those things in my music because I'm not proud of it and feel a responsibility not to glorify it. I made the choices I did at the time because I had very limited options. I was blessed to have been able to rise from that, but so many women have not. Whether or not they were poor choices at the time, I did what I had to do to survive. The men I spoke about in my life were men that I dated that I was involved with and men that were conscious and willing and aware. I have a past that I can't change. We all do. So I guess she wasn't mm. dating them. They weren't just random guys. Right. Or 
Well, on the other hand, what if she was just saying that? That's true. We'll never know. That's why I think this will all blow over in two weeks and nothing will ever come from it. It's my verdict, which is unfortunate, but I don't see it going another way. Well, yeah, it is interesting, though, like how she brought up that double standard again, that like all these male rappers are bringing up this stuff about like hate crimes and like rape in their songs and stuff like that and they're not getting called out for it but she is and I'm not that she put it in her song but and music is different from actually doing things but true I agree it is definitely a double standard I mean a lot of those things in the songs are threatening and mm-hmm. disturbing and mm-hmm. you know we kind of are like oh it's just music like doesn't really mean anything and on one hand you could say it doesn't but also I mean but if it doesn't mean anything don't put it in your song yeah like you're still right. saying it Absolutely. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's about all we have on this. If we do find out anything more, if charges are pressed or if it gets, you know, if there's uh, any new developments, you know where to tune in. Only here on the Rocky Mountain Review for your your freshest of fresh news. But up next, you know what's the freshest of fresh news? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part of the show. Oh. And I'm, I'm not sure what that is. You'll have to refresh my memory. Oh, I, I believe it sounds a little like this. It's the weather. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> only, only here at the Rocky Mountain Review. You can never find it anywhere else. Uh, Birds are my Not even on the internet. <laughs> never, yeah. ever on the internet. So I'm going to yeah. take off my news reporter hat, and I'm going to put on my meteorological hat. And give you guys the lowdown of this really nice week. It's been it's been absolutely pleasant if so I if nice. I do say so it's myself. Been really nice. Already knew that today was pretty pretty sweet. It was a little chilly in the morning, but that's okay. Got a high sixty right now, which is you know that's what you live for. Friday though, it's springtime. It's 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 time for thunderstorms. It's time for the rain. It's coming. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't mind rain sometimes. But, uh, you know, it's not going to be too chilly. A low uh, or a high of 47 and a low of 29. All right. Not great. I, I can live. I can live. It's better than snow. Knock on wood. Yeah. But better than snow. As a cripple, I can attest. Oh, crap. You're oh, going to no. have to roll through that rain. Yeah. Better than crutching That's through true. the rain. For our listeners who don't know, our reporter, Katie Otter, is currently, her, her right leg is... Incapacitated. Sounds to the count. Yep. So she is scootering around. So if you hear any scooter or walking (laughs) references towards Katie, that's that's what's going on. Or if you see me scooting around campus. Hashtag pray for Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Saturday is going to be cloudy. No rain. High of 44. Low of 24. And then Sunday, partly cloudy. High of 51 and a low of 29. Monday is going to be a high of 59 and a low of 32. Partly cloudy as well. And Tuesday, you're just going to have to tune in on the route to find out what Tuesday is going to be like. But on that note, we're going to be closing out the show. Sad, sad day. I know. But we've got to go. I don't want it to end. (laughs) That makes two of us, Katie. (laughs) But I'd like to thank our reporters, Katie Otter and Ren Wadsworth, as well as... Piper is it Davis? Piper Davis. Piper Davis. Yes. Piper Davis for that lovely, lovely music segment. As well as Michael Coyle or Michael James as his Mitchell stage. Mitchell James. Mitchell James. See. Thank you. I'll just go ahead and skip all the other thank yous and thank you right now for helping <laughs> me welcome. at this point. Uh, Mitchell James for uh, joining us. 
as well as Kelly Noakes with the uh, Western Environmental Western Law Environmental Center. Law Center. I've been trying to remember that this entire show, and I have <laughs> not been able to. I'm like Western. Oh, where's the rest of the letters? <laughs> That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, just, just, and I want to thank you, dear listener, for for always tuning in. And on that note, we're gonna bid you adieu. But up next, we've got "Your Lights Are Out" by guided vo- guided by voices only here on ninety point five KCSU Fort Collins. <laughs>